joining us now in the uh, Harbor One hotline for the first of many chats on Fridays. It is our friend Andrew Raycroft. Razor, good morning. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. I'm wonderful. How's Friday going? Uh, pretty good. Nine, oh, and one. <laughs> would you have ever have envisioned, I mean, even the biggest of Bruins honks never could have envisioned this kind of 10-game start, could they? No, no way. But I should have leaned into it, right? Like, after last season and this team, where, like, everyone doubting them, uh, everyone doubting them last year with the injuries at the start of the season, I should have just leaned in if they're going to win 50 in a row to start the season, and I'd look smart right now. But it, it's crazy. Uh, it really is. Razor, are they better than last year? Uh, I, I don't think we can say that. You know, like, that was historic last season, but – what but they isn't, are, like, isn't it feeling like it at least? Yeah, it, it is, and it's it, defensively they're better, which is which is hard to imagine. Their goaltending's better, which is again hard to imagine. Um, there, so they're no better. So they're better. They're, all right, I'll give it to you. They're I better. want you just to yeah, say it. Better. I want you to say it. I feel like there's this apprehension and fear based on what happened last year, and for fans and and people who cover the team to get overly excited about such a quick start. There is a little bit. It's certainly holding back a little bit, and and I think um, you just want to continue to see more. But yeah, you're you're right. They're better than they were last year. They're 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 standing say they are. Their points say they are, and I, they're better right now. Well, <laughs> I don't know. It's the I know Fourier's just beating you up to get what he wants, <laughs> so then we don't have to talk any more hockey. For God's sake, no. But seriously, That's not true. No, but here's long the list thing. Of questions. But here's the thing. The, why to me why they're not better even though the record says it is because of the youth and with the youth there will be the inconsistency like in the football world razor Fourier and I would look at a, a quarterback who would have two games that is young and be like oh my god look at this guy it's unbelievable and then us two football idiots would go yeah wait till they get some tape on them wait till the quarterback wait till they start game planning against this guy uh, at what point in terms of the young players for the Bruins is there going to be some of that razor where it's, okay, we know this kid's playing great, but here's the deficiency in his game. Is it just a matter of time before the league catches up to some of the younger Bruins and what they can and can't do? Well, the, the, the Matt Coxes of the world, yes. The, 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 at some point, right, there's going to be, oh, this is a really hard league, whether that's game 37 or game 47. It's, it's probably somewhere around there. You know, the dog days of January that come in and, and make life difficult. But they're not that young either, right? Like you, when you have the Marshawns and the Coils and the Zakas, you know, carrying and leading these guys, I think they'll be able to navigate the young guys and, and their hard times and how they get through them. So there is going to be some growing pains at some point for some of these kids, but um, the beach are, you know, it just gets hard. The league gets hard. And, uh, but, but again, I think they have the right kind of people in place that, that are old enough to understand how to get them through that. So, you know, we were talking about er earlier about like uh, how uh, Montgomery tinkers with his lines. Like, is, is there any rhyme or reason to it? I haven't been able to see it, no, especially especially this season. But I think that's also because I'm trying to. We're all trying to get a handle on what Matt Potra does, what Morgan Geeky does, what Beecher does, what Brown does. So there's a bunch of new faces that we're trying to understand what they're like individually. 
let alone when you put these combinations together and how they work and what the reasoning is against the teams they're playing. Um, so, so no, I don't really have a good handle on it. There hasn't been a lot of explanation from anyone in the organization. It's just this is what they want to do, and they want to see how, how these look. Uh, and obviously, uh, he's pushing the right buttons. There's no question about that. Our pal Andrew Raycroft talking hockey regression for you. He'll be with us every Friday at 1125 during the season to break down this Bruins team. And you mentioned Patra. He's only 18. What is the good of this guy? And then you've been in the spot, Razor, of being young, being thrown into things. What is the other side of it in terms of managing this kid to help him get through an 80-plus game regular season? Well, it's a lot of it's the off-ice stuff, right? A lot of it's the, okay, now where's he living? Who's doing his laundry? Who's cooking? How's he eating? And, and that becomes more difficult as the season goes on when you're playing three and four nights, when you're playing 16 games a month. Um, who's managing him? Uh, so, so those are the, the hard part of it is, is off the ice. And, and again, how does the body hang up and stay up? It's all the guys that are, have been in the league for 10, 12, 15 years. It's been, their bodies are built differently. Uh, they, they're the grind that they go up against. And it's the same as football, right guys? It's the same thing that hitting years after years, your, your body builds up and, and builds tolerance for all those things. It's, and when you don't have it, even though you're young, you have quick bounce back, but you're not used to it. And so, so those, those are the kind of the, the worrisome things and, and the things that the organization is, is looking to manage and, and watching for with a younger group of players. Uh, on the on a upside, it's his details. It's his discipline. Of course, his skill level is very high, but his details are so good at this level already. His hockey sense is very good that, as he continues to see patterns and continues to play games, he's only going to process more and more and more and, and become better and quicker with his reads and with his plays. Uh, so we're talking to Andrew Razor Raycroft. So um, your thoughts on Charlie McAvoy and the four-game suspension he got for, um, for the hit on uh, the Florida Panthers defenseman uh, Larson. Was that fair? Yeah, I, I, I kind of expected. Might have gotten away with three, but um, there was a headshot in the league just a week ago or a week prior to Charlie doing that, and Rasmus Anderson at Calgary got four games. I thought the one Rasmus laid was a little more intentional, but there was no question Charlie hit him right in the chops, and the league's getting rid of those headshots, the unnecessary ones especially. And um, So I wasn't surprised. I did see that he might be appealing. I don't know if that's just a Twitter rumor or not, but um, the, the four games, I was just happy he didn't have to go meet the commissioner and, and stare at a five- or six-game one. Andrew Raycroft with Gresh and Fourier. Uh, what are you seeing in the goaltending other than it being great? At, at some point, do they got to pick a lane here, the Bruins, in terms of which guy they're going to go with? You know, is there... Do they ride this out all the way to the end until one of them either leaves in free agency or do you got to trade one? Where are you on the goaltending right now, Razor? Well, right now you're, you're, you're rolling them over. It's you going back and forth with these guys. They're just, they're so good. They're so comfortable in the rotation that they're in. They play so well, they get along, etc. At some point you have to pick somebody. I think um, maybe you don't. I, I'm very unsure. I, I'm, I haven't been able to wrap my head around looking ahead six months, seven months, 
Um, but I, I do still feel like you have to pick one, but they're just so good right now. And, and what I'm seeing is just the, the, their athleticism within the structure. And, and we, I talk about goalie Bob all the time, right? He's one of my favorite people in hockey. I think he's tremendous at what he does and how he builds these goalies up. So they've, they've really feel comfortable in, in their drift and their recoil and how they want to play. But within all of that, there's so much athleticism. You see Jeremy Swainer last night. He is flying all over the ice. But then he gets to his spot, sets his feet, and he makes an easy save with no rebound. So um, they're, they're just playing at an extremely, extremely high level. And it, it is a huge benefit for this team, at least for the next 60 games, to be able to go back and forth with two number one goaltenders in the National Hockey League. You're just going to get more wins in the regular season for sure if you have these guys playing the way they are every other night. And, and Razor, I, I, I'm not sure which guy, if, whether it was Allmark or, or Swayman who said this, so, but I'm, I'm assuming they both kind of think the same way. They, uh, uh, they don't want to be predictable. I'm curious – um, what does that mean for a goaltender? Like when a goaltender says, "I want, I don't want to be predictable." What does that even mean? Well, that means they, they don't want to get they don't want to get caught flat footed in certain situations. They don't want to be going out at pucks in certain situations. They Do don't goalies get have caught. tells? Do they have tells? Is like is oh, that for sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is, and players. There's so much video now, right? That there's there's analytics on where goalies get scored on and, and where the tendency is to score on this goalie X or the other goalie, um, this goal, you know, and, and in Swayman's case or in Omar's case, okay, we want to get, we want to come down the wing and fake a shot and, and get it across the midline because we know Swayman's out too far. He gets his feet set and we can take advantage of that. So that's a predictability. That's something they don't want to have in their game. They don't, they don't want, they want everything to be, um, all read based. They don't want to have just one save selection for three different saves that they need to make. And, and I think that's the other thing that I could say. Like their their choice of saves, their save selection right now is almost perfect. Whether it's okay, I'm going to challenge because this guy's shooting on this play. Oh, I can read that this guy's making a pass, so I'm going to be a little bit deeper. You you watch both of their saves on a loop. They're making it two feet outside of the crease. They're making on the goal line the same kind of shot. So I think that predictability is kind of the way they make saves and the different choices they made to make the saves. Did, did you personally have like a, a side that you favored, a, a, you know, a technique that you favored? Like how did it work for you? Yeah, I, I would be – and there wasn't as much – Tendency back back when I played, it was like the game was a little more straightforward and down the wing and take a slap shot. I mean, my kids laugh at all the old games we play. They're like, look at all the slap shots everyone's taken. How did, why did everyone take slap shots? No one takes slap shots anymore. So, but as the game kind of changed and as my career went on, I had to change because I would get too aggressive. So I would get my feet stuck at the top of the crease. And then once people started making more passes and fake shots and crossing midlines, I didn't have that recoil that the guys talk about all the time, that little bit of drift in my game. I always wanted to go forward. So I would say the book on me was get him to get his feet set and then make a pass or make a play. Razor, uh, I hope I'm saying the guy's name right. Mason Larai came up last night, played great. He looked as young as you did in that commercial with Patrice Bergeron. Good Lord. Uh, what did you make of him last night in the debut? 
Oh, what a what a set of hair that kid's got. Oh, too. what wow. that that is some flowing locks, is it not? <laughs> it sure is. He's letting it go. A flock of seagulls. Um, <laughs> <laughs> his game is his game is good, and he's he, he, It's funny. The the thing that stands out is just how long he is. Yeah, he's real. He's baby faced. He's really young. But then he gets on the ice, and he, you recognize how long his stick is, and how how well he skates for a really big person, really long person. Uh, his ceiling is extremely high. I think we saw that yesterday. Of course, as a defenseman, you know, there's a little more growing pains. You have to learn a little bit more. But, but the way he played against a really potent Toronto Maple Leafs last night was, was quite impressive, a great debut. And, again, that's another guy that you can tell he is going to learn quickly because of his skill level and his hockey sense, and he's really going to improve quickly when he's playing against higher-caliber players. Okay, last one for me, uh, because uh, back to, like, big-picture type question, Razor, with uh, Montgomery and this team. When the se- And I don't remember what the postseason like, press conference was like or what he said, but as far as, like, something that he would be – wary of like a pitfall that he would do something that he would do differently this year as opposed to last year do you think he has any of those regrets from last year and and he would be wary of this year i I come playoff time yes for sure i think there's you know i I think those there's and i don't i don't know exactly what they are he has i don't think he verbalized them again once that once that last goal went in in overtime, I think everyone just flipped off. Like, who cares what he says in his post-game interview is probably my thought process. I just wanted to not think about it again. Um, so there, there's things come postseason. I think he has a really good handle with the season they had last season of how to navigate a regular season and, and with the line changes and everything else. But I would, I would think that he would get, he, they're going to get the line combinations at game 70. I, I think they'll be a little more... Uh, solidified in some of those things. And we won't see the changes that we saw last playoff where Charlie Coyle's moving in and up and down the lineup and Krejci with the injury. So that would be my guess that it, come game 65, game 70, we're going to see a more uh, consistent lineup is the right word that I'm looking for. Razor, best story in hockey outside of the start that the Bruins have gotten off to. What is it? Hmm. It might be. It might be. There might be a Boston connection to this. Is the Hughes brothers, the the three Hughes brothers. Um, their dad was an assistant coach for me here in Boston, and right now the their son Jack in New Jersey is a Hart candidate. Quinn Hughes in Vancouver could be a, a Norris candidate, and then Luke Hughes, who's also a defenseman in New Jersey, could be a candidate for Rookie of the Year right now. He leads all rookies in rookie defensive and scoring. Quinn Hughes leads all defensive and scoring, and Jack Hughes leads the league in scoring. So that's that's a pretty cool story, pretty interesting wow. story, and I gave you a little bit of a Boston connection. Too. I love it. Go. I love it. And maybe that, uh, maybe that instead of the tickle trunk, because Foyer, I know it was on the old show, but it was around Halloween that we said to Razor, oh, what are you going to be for Halloween? He said, oh, i got to go in the tickle trunk. We were like, what the hell is that? It was just a weird Canadian saying for well, yeah, Halloween mm-hmm. costumes or whatnot, and we didn't go down that road with him, but maybe that's what it is. What is Razor's big story in the, uh, in the NHL instead yeah. of you stuffing people in the uh, tickle trunk. I, kinda, <laughs> I love it. I like I love it. it. We, let's get it. 
I want Florian to come up with a jingle, though. The hockey talk, Vic jingle, something. We need a jingle for I, it. I, I want my Florian yes. creativity. Yes, yes, and we have. I've been. I for, I keep forgetting to have Nick play the hockey talk intro for you when we do jock itch, Gresh. Is what you miss this? We uh, whenever we talk hockey, whenever we take a hockey call, we play the hockey talk intro music, and that's and, and Razor loves it, and I personally sing. I do love which it. makes it even better. Oh Lord, back to the yeah, singing again. <laughs> yes, we do have to mix that in a little bit more on Friday mornings. <laughs> uh, thank you, brother. We appreciate you. Uh, glad you're back. Looking forward to talking with you uh, every Friday. Thank every you, Every Friday, Razor, till June. Oh, are you going to make so it? Amazing. Are you going to take? Are you going to make so it? One day you got to come in. Oh, here we go. Oh, I, I love coming in. I love what coming mean, in. Yeah, sure. Let's, let's get his in. little butt in here. Give I us an don't hour. want this, this poor bastard's got to drive in here for what fifteen <laughs> minutes or whatever. Like it's not like he's going to. It's not like he's going to sit and eat pizza with uh, you know uh, Jaffe we'll over at Nesson. You know what I mean? You know, we'll do. We'll, we'll do. We'll He'll find come days on. when I'm driving by. We'll we'll find there it days is. when I'm driving by. And then he yeah, can make yeah, a bet we'll in the parlay because the parlay is always going to be right after his uh, his uh, oh, segment. Oh boy, Razor, thank you, buddy. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> we'll see. Right, you. Thanks, buddy.